Welcome back to another episode of uh, I Don't Need a Manual. It's uh, 9.41 uh, on April 3rd. It's Monday. I have an interview later today at like noon. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, if anybody is listening, if nobody is, that's fine too. Uh, this was kind of a uh, bit of a passion project, this uh, this particular episode, like the other ones weren't, right? But this one is more focused. Uh, it's scripted. Uh, th- right now, what I'm talking about is not scripted. Um, but uh, afterwards, you know, there's going to be a, a noticeable cut to me reading off a script that I wrote. It's going to be a very long video. Well, very long recording session. And uh, I, uh, I, I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to come out really good. It's about uh, this video game called uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And, uh, I, um, I adored this game. I, um, I didn't, I knew I've always liked these games, but I didn't know how much I was going to enjoy going back to them. Uh, I'm going to go over all kinds of stuff. So the general, uh, you know, outline is I, I want to make sure that I get into my review of the game. Uh, that's going to be one of the shorter parts of the whole, (laughs) this whole process, Uh, I'm going to get into um, a story that leads up to me getting the game uh, and that I wrote more conversationally. You know, it's going to sound like like it wasn't recorded or like it wasn't uh, scripted, rather going to sound like a regular kind of uh, episode. Um, At least I think it is. I I think I did a pretty good job uh, with making it sound natural. But after that, it'll be the review. Then um, I'll talk about all the different. places that are in this game and what I think about it. And, uh, it's going to be like those retrospective videos. I'm going to mention, uh, in the, um, pseudo retrospective, you know, before the pseudo retrospective, it's not going to be as good as those ones on YouTube maybe, but I'm really going to try and, you know, do my best to make it sound professional. And I'm just really looking forward to this. So, um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Of course, you don't have to listen to the whole of it. Uh, but um, I put a lot of work into it, so I'd really appreciate it if you did. Uh, I'm, I'll never know if you do or not, so that, that it doesn't matter too much, does it? Uh, but I, it would mean a lot if you did. Um, shoot me an email or whatever. Um, if you think you would like more of these, it's a lot of work. And if I had people say that they liked them and wanted more, then I, I would be able to get them out a lot faster because I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't just be doing it just for myself. Um, that's always been a bit of an issue for me. If it's for myself, it won't get done, uh, in the time that it needs to. But if I need, if somebody is asking for it, then I'll, I'll make it a priority. So, um, I I love you guys. Um, whoever still listens, I really do. Uh, it means the world, even just one person listening, uh, to this little thing that I've been doing on and off for, you know, years now. Uh, and anybody that listens regularly that <laughs> gets that notification is like, yeah, let's listen to this fucking idiot talk for a little bit. Um, I really, you know, it really means a lot. Um, and I, it, it, if you were to shoot me like an email or if you know me personally, you know, shoot me a text that you do listen often, I uh, that would be really nice. So I could I just want to be able to thank you personally, you know, um, but it, 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 would, it doesn't go unnoticed. Thank you. Uh, so I'm going to get into the scripted part. 
Uh, and I, I really hope you guys like it. It's going to be a long one. I almost said it's a doozy. I think it'll be good. So it's not going to be a doozy, but it's going to be long. So, um, thanks guys. Uh, again, this is episode, uh, I don't know of, I don't need a manual. Um, I really don't. And, uh, it's going to be with your host, uh, Emmanuel. That's me. So thanks guys. I'll, uh, I might, uh, check back in at the end of the episode to, uh, talk about how, um, embarrassing it was to read from a script uh into a microphone into the void that is my office um and i can only do it whenever may's not home because i get embarrassed otherwise so you know what i mean uh i'm gonna keep on rambling i'm uh four and a half almost five minutes in now so uh thanks guys uh, i'm gonna get into it and um i'll talk at you later bye i've been playing ratchet and clank games for years, like almost 20 years now, actually. I've been watching a handful of retrospectives on YouTube. Literally, what else I watch? I'm on fucking Vimeo. I don't know. Um, for whatever reason that made me want to play Ratchet and Clank again, fucking duh. All the videos, they were like an hour and sometimes hours long. The Golden Bolt had some awesome ones. I can assume that his channel's namesake is the ever elusive bolts of the same name spoke about generally the same thing you know things like ratchet and clank went through all these shitty owners of the insomniac game studio that forced everyone to crunch during development um these games were made annually these devs were forced to work 49 hours straight they didn't have a screenwriter until going commando you know stuff like that um and well, that's true. I'm not going to go into the history of any of that. Um, and you're probably thinking, Oh, Manny, if you watch all these videos and you know what they all say, then why are you making this right now? Well, I guess you're right. But I also have this podcast that I talk ad nauseum about shit that does matter, doesn't matter, but I'm the one talking about it. So it inherently doesn't really matter when I am the one which spake. So like... Why shouldn't I do this? I've always wanted to make a game review, but I've always felt I had nothing to really add. To be honest with you all, and I almost always am, probably default. I feel like I still have nothing to add, but I feel like it would be nice to do something creatively fulfilling, or at least something that feels creatively fulfilling, you know? And uh, I don't have a job right now. I was uh, let go from my bank job for reasons I feel I shouldn't speak on, uh, and uh that's 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 gonna be that i'll i'll say one thing i feel that it was kind of fucked and not entirely fair but you know who really cares i was about to jump off a fucking bridge because of that job so i guess being out of one for <clears throat> well the script says four weeks now but six weeks now fuck that sucks to write let alone say out loud um oh yeah uh i'm reading a script i just wrote that like i'm reading a script um Oh, not Jarrell. Eh? Odd writing that too, but I kind of like it. This would uh, be a cool thing to do for a living. Well, it's been some time that I've been unemployed. It's been some time that I've done any writing, and it's been longer since I've recorded an episode. And, you know, for that, I really am sorry. Not eternally so, but still sorry. I don't even know who's listening to this, to be honest. Even at this particular pod's quote unquote height, I don't really know of anyone listening outside of may sometimes uh listening to like the first two episodes but she stopped doing that even 
that's okay though. Your partner doesn't really have to read or listen to anything you create, especially if it's not something they're interested in at all. And May doesn't love fantasy and she doesn't love listening to me rant about video games or she does. I don't fucking know. She's her own independent person and will remain as such. And I love her for that. Where was I? Um, oh yeah. Ratchet and Clank ripped apart. Um, that game fucking rocked. It's a nine, nine and a half out of 10, give or take. Uh, I'll go into that some more later, but it was nearly perfect for what it was. And I feel like you kind of have to review games, you know, in a, in a vacuum, that vacuum being their genre or genres, you know, or if it's in a series, you have to take that into account as well. Um, I'm going to go into a little bit about, uh, before we bought the game, uh, because it's fun and we need to fill time. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to give you guys a five-minute episode of uh, of me talking about Ratchet and Clank. That's, that wouldn't be fun at all, would it? So um, the entire story starts about a couple of months ago, maybe maybe a couple and a half. It might be up to three by now. I'm not really sure anyone that knows me can attest that I do not know time. I can't keep track of time, and I, I surely can't recall the times of things happening. So let's just say that May and I recently required a PS5. No murders were involved. I promise. My fingers aren't even crossed that time. Stop trying to look behind my back. Please. Please. We got it at a Target in Belton, Missouri, of all places. I went into this Target after trying to stop by like some dispensary in Grandview. The line was too long, um, and I did not like the location. So I left, and I was like, Hey, May May, I want to stop in a Target and do some walking, maybe some shopping. Want to get a PS5 if they have one? I added that at the end really quick. Ha ha, laugh, silly Bubba Manol, you idiot. Of course, May May will say no. But after a brief silence, May May asked, Harry Potter is on PS5, right? Well, yeah, it's on PC too, and like all the consoles, I think eventually, but it's on PlayStation right now, and a bunch of other games I kind of want to play around PlayStation 2. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Does it come with controllers? I was flabbergasted. I didn't know what the fuck to think. I thought, May signing off on a fucking PS5? Well, now I know it's not going to be in the fucking Target in the middle of Missouri in the armpit of fucking Belton. Of course not. I waltzed in. Yeah, I waltzed into the target and meandered my way to the electronics bit of it right i love target by the way i love walking through target i like driving up to target I like parking at the target so much there are just so many things to look at and things to spend money on and things to hold and to have but i held strong i walked just a little faster than i usually would through the things i usually would walk through and i made it Finally, I made it to the section that would hold the consoles called PS5s. I kind of travolted around the area, you know, you know that uh, Pulp Fiction meme where Travolta's like looking around like crazy, Um, uh, looking for an employee. There's nobody around. Not surprised. People don't want retail jobs. They aren't fucking paid enough to work this piece of shit job. So After I got pissed off together with the other guys in my head about how shitty it is that people are expected to live off like the $15 an hour Target pays their grunts, they pay higher than average, right? So not shitting on Target, but I kind of am. 
but mostly I'm shitting on the entire retail scape and how poorly paid the most important part of any company is nationwide. After that, I made my way over to the Sony or PlayStation area. I don't know what it was exactly. It might have just been like general, a general console area, you know. I craned my above average head down toward that little box that the consoles were held and saw that there were none. No harm, no foul, I says. Didn't expect for there to be one there anyways. I mean, why would Sony stock enough consoles for all the people that want to play their great first-party games? Why? Why? Why would they want to do that? Doesn't make sense to me. And it doesn't make sense to Sony either, I guess. Yeah, right. Why would they make this awesome fucking badass console and and then have these devs make these incredible games and, you know, that, 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 and then upgrade, upgrade games to use this great hardware on this PlayStation, this new console, right? And then not even fucking make enough of them beforehand to fucking sell it to the people that want to buy it. What, what? No matter. They didn't have any. No biggie. No problem. Made my way to the exit. I heard someone. They called for a sir. And being a sir, obviously, I turned around and, hey, do you know when someone is calling for you? When you like, you don't, you do not know them and you don't hear your name. What's up with that, right? But you know that they're calling for you specifically. That's weird. Well, this guy called for me, a sir. And I, I turned around and I smiled and pointed at my chest. Me? I walked towards a guy when he grinned and nodded and he asked what I needed, and I told him I was just hoping you guys had a PS5 or something, you know. I was hoping for the one that didn't have the disk drive since we don't buy physical anything. And I know, I know, buy physical, especially with fucking Sony, because they just take shit away for oh, whatever reason they want. Oh, 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 it's because they're shitty. That's right. But I really don't want to buy them, so I just I just wanted the disk diskless model. Fucking sue me. Please don't sue me. That was a joke. The guy was like, well, we actually do have some. We don't really keep them out on display anymore. We aren't allowed to. Thought that came into my mind was either fucking Sony or fucking psycho people that can't just not be crazy and allow Target to keep the damn consoles out and the locked displays. Either way. I was surprised and I asked him if he could let me know which ones they had. Our good company man of the illustrious Target emerged from the darkness after he went into the back storage room, I assume, with a fucking PS5. I couldn't believe it. He looked at me, both excited and slightly dejected. You may like the console, but you won't like the price. We only have the ones that have the disk drive. And the only disk drive ones we have are the, ugh, the God of War Ragnarok ones. And I looked at this fucking guy. I said, well, she, that's all you had to say. Just like that uh, clip, you know. Is that what I wanted to say? I didn't really say that, you guys. But what I ended up saying was, oh, wow. I want to play the game anyways. Oh, boy, howdy. The ghost of Sparta himself. I didn't say that either. But, yeah, I basically did. Anyways, I bought it and I bought a blue controller. Duh, obviously. Anyways. That was weeks ago, months even, and I've been playing like a shit ton of games, like a shit ton of playing, and not that many games, actually, just a lot of playing. I went through Spider-Man, Miles Morales, I didn't love it, I felt kind of phoned in, 
or maybe I just don't like the combat after playing Ghosts of Tsushima, um, which I'm in love with. I uh, At the time of writing this, actually, I didn't beat it. Um, since then, I have beaten it. Um, I'm kind of working my way through all the different uh, liberating of these little villages that you have to save and killing all the the mongols you know that kind of stuff it's so much fun i i love that game so much um i want to do a little write-up about that maybe after this one i don't know um i played some 2k23 also some nba games and i i felt like i wanted to jump off a 500 foot tall basketball hoop directly onto my i also played human fall flat with may <laughs> and that was awesome and stupid and so simple um it if you want a really cheap like co-op game that you just want to kind of fuck around with and don't want to think too hard about i really recommend human fall flat it's awesome it's not worth talking about any more than that because there's not much that goes into it but it's it just feels like an old game that was meant for people who enjoy that kind of thing oh yeah i am i fucking played harry potter well i played harry potter games uh yeah it's an ongoing experience but i i really enjoyed what i played uh the transphobic creator of the world aside i will write something up about that sometime soon quote unquote um i haven't had the motivation to play it for a while to be honest uh i don't know it just feels like an ubisoft game and uh you can only play those for so many hours before you have to take a break and, you know, come back. Um, oh, yeah, I played fucking God of War. I raced through God of War, uh, basically. I I can't say enough things about that game. Uh, the, the first one or the second one, I played Ragnarok. Uh, I want to be clear, the, the, the newer one. The, the last game for Kratos. Uh, apparently, which is really sad. Uh, that would probably be my game of the year. I I don't really enjoy Souls likes, um, which Elden Ring is, and I think that that did win game of the year. Maybe I'm pretty sure that it did. I I appreciate how massive it is and how polished it is and how revered it and the studio are, but I really just couldn't enjoy it. Mad because bad and all that. I I understand. So I want to uh get into the review now ratchet and clank has always been a breeze of a game no matter if you're talking about the first game with these characters the second the third or their most recent escapade the dialogue is silly it's cute heartfelt and and it's tight and the pacing with the exception of some clink bits in older games is a brisk jog which is a fantastic companion to the combat and the platform for which these games have been known for and i haven't really gotten into the combat a lot and i won't really talk about it a whole mess in this review because this is just a review this section right here i'm gonna go into each facet of this game the further into this uh recording that we go um, like other Ratchet and Clank games, this is a multi-planet platforming third person buddy shooter with your buddy, not really shooting that much. <laughs> 
It's also a really nice series-long commentary on toxic masculinity, assumptive dislike, and it, when you look at the relationship of the titular Ratchet and Clank is transformed, it's really obvious. It's a game for gamers, for young men and women, for non-gamers, and for completionists alike. Gamers and completionists, I want to make sure I say, are not the same kind of people. That is not open to debate, right? I was thinking about this game pretty much every day, you know, that I wasn't playing it, wondering how much of it I had left, how many more weapons am I going to be able to buy, what upgrades will they have, etc. It was taking me over in really the best way a piece of media can, and I just wish there was more. It's a brief affair. If you do try and platinum the game, um, you're looking at like 20 hours if you're wanting to just get the game done without, you know, kind of fucking around. Uh, then you have an amount of tunnel vision that is not healthy. You're looking at like, I don't know, 12 hours, give or take. It's not, it's not that much. Um, now, if you're going to ask me how many hours, you're going to assume somewhere in the middle of the 20 and the 12 as I just kind of shit on completionists a little bit earlier. Um, and you're going to be confused whenever I say it's been like 30 plus hours playing this game. I'll tell you, okay? Listen, listen. I think it might be impossible to play this game looking through those toilet paper rolls. It doesn't really incentivize you to go through every single inch of the game's world. Um, there aren't really a huge amount of Easter eggs. There's Nothing really hiding from you except for the the golden bolts, you know, and that that's going to happen. Um, what there is, though, is an incredible attention to detail. There are little tiny side quests you can do that don't really mean that much. Um, but it's it's the amount of work that's gone into this game all the work that's gone into every single inch of this game from the voice work, the creative weapons, the upgrades therein, the massive handcrafted planets and their flora and fauna patrolling their biomes. It's, it's like reading a book, you know, the kind that you'll remember for the rest of your life. The ones where you savor each paragraph as if another won't come chewing each turn of phrase, you know, as it comes to you, you, you feel like you'd be doing yourself a massive disservice and you'd be showing terrible disrespect to the creators slash creator of, of these pieces of art that you consume. If you didn't give it and give them the time that they deserve. And you'd probably be right in feeling that way. Um, truly great media doesn't really come along as often as you would like. Uh, and when it does, you would do well to show it attention for the betterment of the medium and for the betterment of yourself. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is a masterpiece of a video game from top to bottom. And if your only complaint is that you felt there should be more, well, you know, take a step back and be thankful you're able to play what was given. Uh, I still want more though. I'm going to give this a nine and a half out of 10. Um, now what's going to happen next is I'm going to go planet to planet in the order you're quote unquote meant to and tell you why I love them each and why I didn't like them. And in any job I've ever worked, you know, pretty much only sales. I've uh I've worked off of this saying. 
set realistic expectations. So I'm going to try and set one of those. Uh, I'm going to go every planet from memory. From memory. It's in all caps in this script, okay? I do not have a great memory. Anybody that knows me knows why I've had a cavalcade of concussions, okay? But I really enjoyed this game, and at the end of the day, it is a podcast, and I, I wanted to feel like you're just listening to me tell you what I thought about Ratchet and Clank in person. It's not going to read like some IGN walkthrough. It's not going to sound like something from Giant Bomb or whatever. Not even like some from Kotaku, if they even do reviews anymore. I'm not sure. It's going to sound like I'm talking to you or The Void. And you're being held hostage. Whatever. So, without further ado, let's do further. This is something I'm wanting to call a remembrospective. That's an important word. Uh, because it's going to be from memory, like I said earlier. So just keep that in mind. Thanks for listening in advance. Love you. Let's get into it. This is going to be about the intro cutscene. I really enjoyed getting thrown into one of those gorgeous cutscenes that those psychos are known for over in Insomniac. It feels like what I wanted Cyberpunk to look like. And just so I can make it very clear, I loved Cyberpunk 27.7. I had no issues on launch day on my PC, and I really feel that it got shit on way too hard. That being said, this is the attention to detail that needed to be shown to the visuals of that game because Rift Apart is stunning. It is nearly impossible to speak well enough about how the game looks, so I'll hold it on glazing too hard. Um, You're being deposited into this new world as a floating incorporeal entity, floating between massive buildings, and as you slowly float down, you're cut to a bug-eyed alien running through the neon-filled street and alleyways of a sprawling metropolis, right? Clouds of cars zipping and floating above and around the atmosphere, scratching mega-complexes. While you're busy gawking at the fucking fidelity of the smog around the overlit doorways, our little alien is surrounded by robots of various shapes and sizes with electronic faces showing sadness darting confused looks at her as she sprints from an oppressive group of evil Mr. Handies, like from Fallout, (laughs) employed by whoever runs this sleep-deprived, clearly morally corrupt, and soulless city. Leaping over never-ending piles of waste, a problem you'd think would be fixed in a city rampant with robots, our hero narrowly avoids being caught, but finds themselves in the position so many heroes do. One last citizen in trouble getting berated by ne'er-do-wells. Our hero saves them, because of course they do. This is their save-the-dog moment. They could have been running from the police for theft or murder even, but they're helping this poor humanoid from the same foul robots that were chasing our dear protag in the first place proves to us that they're good. It's simple, you know, but that's all a character has to be to be loved. Simple. They give the poor city dweller their helmet to get them home. The helmet imitates the robots of the neon-blooded city. Hopefully it gets the poor thing home safe, but as the helmet is given, our hero's face is revealed to us, and they are a heroine indeed. Any new players probably said a lot of nothing, but if you've played the previous titles and came into this one relatively blind, you might say any number of things. Things like, That's not Ratchet! Or, 
I wonder what R34 has if you're a sick fuck. No, I'm not one of those sick fucks you're talking about, but I did think about what the freaks would think about it if they saw Rivet, which is her name. So I guess I'm not much worse than them. Worse is the wrong word. So's freaks, but it's also kind of right, you know? Freak isn't bad in my opinion. Either way. Rivet fucks off down the alleyway and looks down a never-ending Minte long street at those <laughs> nefarious goons shaking down some poor innocent robot with a sad pixelated face on its face. And then the screen flashes white and we get shot to the prime course on five with our old friends. On course on five, you uh, get shot to... Uh, Ratchet and Clank. It's a close-up of Ratchet talking, and he, he, what if everyone thinks we're washed up? Oh, what if we are washed up? You know how his voice is. He's so funny. Ratchet grabs his face, pulls his cheeks down as he laments on his age and his life since their last escapade. Clank looks at him with those green eyes, his eyelids, coming to a close together, and he giggles. Luckily, we won't have to perform any heroics. Unless you count smiling and waving. Teehee clank. Teehee indeed. <laughs> I can't get over how good the fucking game looks, by the way. If you've seen the movie they made of these guys, then you get it. Almost. Dial it up 11 notches from the movie and from the fucking game they made in 2015 and you got Rift Apart. The fur on Ratchet's entire body looks real. It moves naturally when he smiles, when he frowns, when he pulls his hands down his cheeks to make that little sag bulldog face, you know, you make in the mirror. Clank shines realistically. The light tracing, ray tracing, whatever you want to call it, is wild here. Um, it's the PS5 at its full capacity, and it makes use of every bit of hardware inside of this thing. And if you've never played these games or anything by the guys at Insomniac or any of the quote-unquote Sony devs, you know, then you know how much personality is injected into all these characters, especially the main characters. Um, the side characters are incredible. Everybody has their favorite, but the main characters is where the money is, of course. Um, how can you make a little robot emote and the people that are watching this robot emote feel the emotion that he's giving, you know? It's... It's incredible. How's it possible for me to look at Clank squinting gleefully and feel the same way he does? It's really just incredible. If you have a PS5, you need to play this game. You just have to. After Clank's reassuring of Ratchet, the robot jumps onto Ratchet's back, our sweet little Pikachu, and the two of them go to the door. A flash of light momentarily blinds the observer and unleashes a joyous fanfare. Right, before revealing dozens of people outside of their door, waiting just to shower them with all of the love that they deserve after saving the world a handful of times, right? The music is beautiful. I'll get into that a little more uh, later in a, in a different section. Um, Give a big welcome to the Grand Marshals of our parade! Captain Quark. I know him. Yeah, I know him. You know Captain Quark. Everybody loves him. He's floating up there with all of his buddies. Ratchet and Clank! Oh my god, it's the robot guy and the hippie guy. I know them too, clearly not as well. The other two guys' names are Skid McMarks, professional athlete and part-time hero, and then uh, Rusty Pete, 
full-time alcoholic. Rusty Pete reminds me of the main character from Robots, by the by, and I fucking loved that movie whenever I was younger. I assume that's one of the movies like from the childhood that I would adore even more if I watched it as an adult. It's so good. Wasn't it uh, like Seinfeld or some shit? was the main character? I don't know. I loved that movie. It was so funny. It might have been uh, Owen Wilson. I'm not going to look it up. After the warm introduction we get, um, there's a nice little wave from Moon-Eyed Ratchet and a track all the way behind Ratchet from the camera. Boom. And you're putting control of them. It's very familiar. You're immediately greeted with some really gorgeous parallaxing. My iPad seems to think that's not a word, but it makes sense. So the English language has been made a fool yet again for the HUD, right? The parallaxing for the HUD. I've really had a next-gen experience yet, so I mostly play a lot of World of Warcraft, NBA 2K, Madden, Smite, and older single-player games. So, boy, when I tell ya, when I saw how it transitioned from cutscene to gameplay without changing a single fucking thing, I was floored. I know it's a thing that's been around for a while, but I don't think there are many games that have done it to this degree, right? There's zero noticeable difference in fidelity a lot of the uncharted games do this same thing very well um but the only game that does it just as well and you know last of us too is is the new god of war and even the older god of war uh, that uh came out you know the reboot the original reboot it it was incredible too i mean this is the same level it's just less realism and more cartoonish which i think has more staying power at the end of the day Anyhow, just like all the other games in the series, though, the tutorial level seamless. Of course, it's Ratchet and Clank. It's Insomniac. Naughty Dog does the same shit. In this instance, the tutorial is something you kind of have to go through because you end up reenacting various missions and, and escapades from previous games, which is so much fun for returning players, okay? And it's a really great way to get newer players caught up with the broad strokes and get at least some familiarity with our intrepid heroes, right? Midway through the parade, there's a commotion! Gasp! Ships around the various floats in the parade, and the, the float that Ratchet and Clink are currently on, a familiar enemy starts piping off. Huh? He starts lipping off at Ratchet and Clank. RNC, if you will. The foolhardy group of Snivelakians that call themselves the Goons for Hire. So we can assume if you're a returning player, right, that a certain villain... Yeah, has come back. He's returned. Goons are defeated. The parade, re- parade resumes for a few moments, long enough for Clank to give Ratchet a gift he's been working on for quite some time. The Dimensionator. Ratchet seems hesitant to accept the device. It almost feels like he knows what it's for before Clank explains. I've gone over it earlier, but Ratchet is the last Lombax is his dimension. Clank created the Dimensionator to allow for Ratchet to find his people across dimensions. Try not to say dimension 400 fucking times challenge. It's impossible, right? We're going to find some more information on the Lombax people a little later in this game. We'll get some cool armor for our curiosity as well. Um, I'll go over that again. It's a different planet and we'll get get into it a little more. As a video game, yeah, you know, as a video game is ought to do, as soon as the Dimensionator is out in the open, a fucker 
bad guy comes around. It's Dr. Nefarious. Surprise. Returning players, you get it. People that haven't played this, you don't know who Dr. Nefarious is. But I love, love, love Dr. Nefarious. I love every single villain in the entire Ratchet & Clank series. And for that matter, this particular genre of games. You know, Sly Cooper, Jack and Daxter, you know, Crash Bandicoot, I think, loosely. Um, there's been a stretch of these kinds of games made by these kinds of people that just really haven't missed villain-wise, you know? Dr. Nefarious feels like such a classic video game antagonist. The good doctor is zany, classically evil, goofy, and as recognizable just by voice, let alone appearance, as any video game villain in the short history of them. We've had a good amount of time to get to know Dr. Nefarious as well, but Rift Apart functions as a really nice entry into this world and to the various characters you'll meet that have been in the series for a long haul, right? After Doc gets his grubby little alien hands on the Dimensionator, all hell breaks loose. He's a classic, never had power, so now I'm going to go insane with what little power I get hold of kind of guy. Unfortunately, this wasn't little power. It was a fucking gun that shot fucking portals to different freaking dimensions, right? Nefarious, as he does, gets a little trigger happy, you know? Takes advantage of the seemingly limitless amounts of ammo Clank supplied this fucking gun with and starts opening portals left, right, and center. And if you could again guess, like the seer, you obviously are, all hell breaks loose. Krakens are flying all over the place, Nessies, a different versions of Snivelackians meeting up with the other versions of Snivelackians. Hilarity ensues, as I'm sure you know, if you know anything about this series, right? Like I was talking about earlier, this is a great tutorial level. You go from learning how to smash crates at the beginning with your wrench, how to collect the ever-present bolts, to shooting at the goons for hire, and leaping to a mag rail, you know, you get these boots that I assume are magnetic, it's mag rail, and you can skate all over them. It's awesome. Uh, you get to skate around the floats themselves. What I really like about Rift Apart is you're given pretty much all the tools you need for the entire game up front, outside of a couple. You know, the hacking tools one, who is adorable and a fun little side story that we'll get touched on a little later and another it technically it's a tool is called the phantom dash you know those two are the most important ones but you get those within the first level outside of the tutorial right after hopping around on a couple of floats you get shot out in front of a crystal and put the fucking thing inside your glove right psycho behavior you get a chance to use a new thing to the series called a rift tether this Blew my fucking mind watching this animation, okay? They pop the fuck off at this thing. I'm going to get a little annoying and artsy-fartsy. You see a jagged oval in the distance, colored purple and shimmering in the light. A window somewhere, sometime else, maybe? For our purpose, it's a window to move from the point where we spot the rift to the point that the rift is, right? I'm not entirely sure that I could describe the animation and give it any amount of justice, but here I go. Once you spot the rift, the game will prompt you to press a button. Once you press that button, Ratchet will reach out his gloved hand and pull. Like he's, 
like he's pulling a rope. It doesn't go into it much, but I need to let you know because this is where my mind went, that you're pulling through space and time, pulling a string outstretched by mismatched fiber collected piecemeal from a place where amphibious beings rule over their world all the way to a place where the planet is primordial. Nature rules still and simply allows Ratchet and this rope he's pulling to exist still. As you pull on this metaphorical rope, yeah, the screen will shimmer and through some kind of animated magic performed by these fucking devs, you fly through the portal and fly is not the right word. You, you go through the portal that you were just looking at and land on the land that was not under your feet, but mere moments before. Bing, bang, boom. You have performed interdimensional travel on a relatively micro scale, right? This is the best animation I've ever fucking seen in any piece of media, let alone a video game. And this mechanic is worth the purchase of this game if you're a bit of a junkie for these kinds of things like I am. It was incredible, right? So there's a lot of the same thing after that. Shoot, shoot, bang, bang, smash, smash. Get to talk to... Uh, Mrs. Zircon, who sells you weapons, and you get to upgrade a weapon here and there. Not not all of them, of course. You know how the game works. Uh, each planet gives you a new weapon, and it's not generally each planet. It's like maybe every other. You get two or three, whatever. You you end up getting all of them throughout your time playing the game. Before the very end of the game, you get all of them. Just you know, hammering home the basics, making sure you understand how the rift glove works, the rift tether how the different weapons you can buy work and how to upgrade them with the rotanium you collect throughout each level and how Ratchet and Clank are going to have to maneuver this Mr. Bones's fucking wild ride they've been strapped into. After you find your way to the end of the stage, you get separated by that damned Dr. Nefarious from your best buddy. Dr. Nefarious's plan this time around is to go to a dimension where he wins every time rather than the dimension they're currently in where all he does is lose. It's kind of sad, but he's a villain. He's killed a whole bunch of innocent people, right? So did I mention that the reason goons for hire or goons for less or whatever are around right now instead of Lawrence, his you know usual sidekick, is because Lawrence is away on paid maternity leave? By the way... Even an actual evil villain's company has better benefits than we fucking do in the United States. It's wild. So in the next part, I'm going to send us to another version, of course, on five. Um, This version is ruled by a different version of Dr. Nefarious, who's called Emperor Nefarious. And not only does he rule over this version, of course, on five, he rules over all of known space. Ba-ba-ba! Alright. So here we go to the next part. This is going to be a massive episode if I do it all in one go-through. So I'm going to put this into parts. It's going to be around five, a little less than five um, scenes per episode. Uh, they'll range from 45 minutes, you know, to even longer sometimes. So this is going to be episode one. I really appreciate you guys getting all the way to the end here. Uh, and I love you very much. And I, uh, I hope, I hope you enjoy this because this has been something I'm really proud of so far. Thanks guys. Part two coming next.
And in part two, we'll be going to Nefarious City. We're going to Sargasso, the Scars 2 Debris Field, Savali, and Blizzard Prime. Okay. Uh, a couple of those will be pretty short. One of them is going to be kind of long. Going to go into some history of the Lombaxes. I'm really excited because that's always been my favorite part of this series. So um, I'll talk to you guys later. Let me know how you like it, please. I, I'd love to do more of these. A Ghost of Tsushima one, a, a God of War, right? Or a God of War Ragnarok, either of those. I mean, they would be incredible. So um, if you love it, if you hate it, let me know both. And let me know what I can change. And let me know what you like of it already that I can. I need to focus more on. Uh, thanks, guys. Again, I know it's number two, but I love you. Goodbye. <laughs>